hello everybody. I wanted <clears throat> hello everybody. I wanted to interrupt because it's a little bit of an important bit. This episode has two of our characters watching the, f and as you may have noticed from the previous ones, um, film has a habit of making people really sad, depressed, and suicidal. As such, we get kind of close to some of those topics from an in-character and I know that this could be something that people out there don't really want to expose themselves to. Potentially worse may have been something that they have thought about themselves, so I wanted to take a moment uh, to just kind of put it out there that if you're one of those people, feel free to skip this episode. We talk a bit about what happened in the next episode, and it's not as, uh, I guess, focused is the word, or front-facing. And if you are one of the people that is feeling worse, I would urge you to to call something like the the suicide prevention lifeline it always helps to talk to people and i can't say that we've all been there but a lot of people have been in rather depressing or similar situations and i would just urge you to to reach out even if it's even if you're on the discord and just reach out to us there maybe we can help in some way um the lifeline is 1-800-2755 one eight hundred two seven three eight two. I'm gonna put some contact information in the description of this episode so that if you know you don't have the option to call now or really it's there and it's I would love for you to use it if you feel that you need it. Yeah, I think with that important stuff out of the way, uh, I'm gonna let you guys get to the episode. I hope that you all have a wonderful day because well, tis. Tis the season for wonderful days, right? Thanks, guys, and uh, I'll get out of the way. So... Long drive back late at night. You guys are back at the office, which is where you guys said you wanted to go. The office in Boston. You have unloaded the projector as well as the two relics you saved the earth from. The Polynesian distillery bowl and the undergrad book of Latin bad poetry. That's correct. It's not that bad. The office, the way it is set up, we have the open office with all of our desks. They're pushed up against one another in big pairs. And there is a second room, which is known as the briefing room, which is where we all gather when Agent Patterson comes to the office to yell at us for something that we have done. And that is where we are setting up this projector. We roll it in, set it up to where it is against the white wall against the back. We move the little podium that Patterson uses to smack when he's yelling at us. And we take the chairs, the hard wooden dining chairs that we have, and we set them up so that when we are ready to watch this movie, we are able to do so with one chair right next to the projector to start it up and run it. And... We put the blinds over the windows, and it is ready to go at any time. So are we drawing straws to see who watches it and who sits out? 
I suppose that is what we should do. One of us should sit down and write out what happens when this uh, film is viewed. I, of course, volunteer myself. I will um, take notes of what you're doing when you're watching it. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to take the notes. Well, you take notes of what you see, and I take notes of how you react to see if you actually do what you say you're going to do. Right? Because... No. No. What? I have much too many things to do right now. So you're not watching. So I thought you said you were watching and taking notes while you watch. Or am I just misunderstanding everything? I think you are just misunderstanding everything. We will have somebody... Must be the English accent. <clears throat> well, does anyone here want to watch it? Philip goes to make a, a pot of tea. He's going to need it. Did two-way glass exist back then? A one-way mirror? Yeah. But you get to look it up since you guys are the ones that chose this. So. The first U.S. patent for one-way mirror appeared in 1903. I imagine we have a room. We can set... We'll set the projector up in... Uh, do we have a funny name for that room? Yeah, that might be the official term, but I'm sure that we call it the peep show. Or at least I call it. You call it the peep show. We could uh, set it up down in the peep show. You guys who want to watch it, watch it on the other side, and we can be on the, the safe side. And uh, you could just have a grand old time with your film. Listen, boys, I totally volunteer. I don't think that I'll be near as crazy, but just in case, and I start emptying my pockets of the knives that I hide on my person, that pair of brass knuckles that I have, like just everything. I just empty all of my weapons onto the metal table outside of the interrogation room because I refuse to call it the peep show <laughs> and prepare to enter. Well, two of us should go in. So, um, I guess draw straws. Shall we? I don't know. Do we have straws around here somewhere? I'm sure there are little, uh, coffee stir sticks. That you can, uh, break into different, um, lengths to have a short straw. Perfect. Here we go. Which I guess the gentlemen will then all be making a luck roll? Bruno? Maybe it's just your loyalty to your friend, Cookie, who has your back. Or, and maybe if you prove your loyalty to her, she'll have your back more often. So the two of you enter the peep show. And as you have the projector set up, facing the white ball to project the film onto... Are you doing what Finn suggested? Is one of you watching and the other one isn't watching, but they're going to watch the person? Are you both going to watch? So what I was thinking is Finn will watch either Bruno or Cookie. Philip will watch the other one and take notes. They're taking notes of what they see. Okay, so you want them both to view the film. Okay. That was initially what I wanted, but... 
that is totally a great plan. I am 100% behind it. Let's make dreams come true. Bruno, Cookie, do you both wish to watch the film? Yes. No, but I failed my role. So, Cookie and Bruno, as you turn off the lights in this room and sit down and flick the projector on, the room is illuminated by the light of the projector and the film begins to roll. The screen, the shot on the wall, shows a poor, grainy quality of film. An image appears, a grayscale scene of a beach. There are large rocks off in the water, and it is a nice, sandy beach. Into the frame dances a little girl. Her light-colored hair in pigtails, she frolics on the sand, spinning, twirling, dancing. She smiles as the camera follows her. After several minutes, she stops to bend over, her small hand picking up a smooth stone. She stares intently at it before turning to the camera. She extends her arm out, and then you see a man's arm come into the frame. He takes the stone from the girl. The camera pans down to it, and you see sitting in his palm a three-inch by one-inch stone. The man moves his hand side to side, making the light glint off the stone. Bruno and Cookie, please make a power save. A few minutes go by before the camera view jerks to the little girl who has drifted far away from the man, dancing and twirling once again further down the beach. The camera now moves toward her. The both of you then hear a man's voice yelling out a warning to the little girl. A jarring cutscene. Still poor quality and grainy, but now the point of view is looking up at the ceiling before it turns and pans the room. The point of view is that of someone lying in a bed wearing a hospital gown and you can see an ink stamp that reads Innsmouth Haas the rest of the word is obstructed by the folds of the hospital gown in this first person point of view begins to violently shake then the view pans down to the right to see restraints on a man's wrist I look over to the left side and the same is seen. The camera view jerks to the left as a door opens. A tall figure steps in. He's wearing a white coat, a white mask that covers half of his face and gloves. In his left hand, he holds a large syringe. He advances towards the man in the bed. As he stands over the bed, the camera once again violently shakes as what you assume is the man resisting. Could you both now make a sanity roll? As you watch the man struggle, the both of you made your sanity roll. You'll each just lose three points. You are overcome 
with fear and sadness for the man that you are now in that point of view of. You feel the fear and terror he's feeling. You feel an overwhelming sadness. You know that this man is never going to see that little girl again. And the sadness and depression that grips him grips both of you now. The mask of gear leans over, inching the syringe ever closer to the restrained man's arm. You see the needle pierce the skin. The motion of the camera alters now, moving at a slower motion compared to the rest of the film. The point of view pans the room until settling on a window and looking out of it, you can see birds flying impossibly slow across the sky until ultimately the film goes black. When this film ends, the two of you are overwhelmed with emotion, depression. You made your sanity rolls, but you failed the power save, so you are in, caught in an emotional grip, and you both will be near despondent, and if there were any weapons in there, you would use them, but you guys removed all your weapons, so. So Philip has been furiously taking notes on Bruno as Bruno is watching this movie. And at first, he's kind of half taking notes, and then he sort of sees that change in Bruno as the light of the camera flashes against the wall. And then when Bruno starts getting that emotional look on his face, Philip feels a twinge of guilt for just a second. And then it passes. Finn watches Cookie, taking notes, and... uh Probably doesn't notice when she starts getting sad until she, if she starts crying, because uh, he's a little oblivious to those things. Cookie is crying. They're both overwhelmed with emotion. She falls out of her chair onto her butt with her knees bent underneath of her, just kind of hugging her sweater around her crying snot bubbles wiping her face because she has to be a tough guy but there's just no end in sight to the tears they just won't stop so he stands up paces around the room obviously upset stops and comes over and kneels down in front of cookie she can probably see the cuff of his pant leg slide up to where there's that bulge around his ankle from the ankle holster. Would we be able to see that in the observation room? Make a spot hidden roll. Let's see if you can. Yes. Bruno has a weapon. As Bruno kneels in front of Cookie, who is just full-on racking sobs, Philip will look to Bruno and see the pant leg rise up, and he sees the edge of that ankle holster. And then he remembers that this is Bruno, and criminals always have a hidden piece. And so he yells to Finn, he, We have to get in there. And he is bolting for the door. He's got to get in there as quickly as possible before a bad thing happens. Finn is closely behind. 
Philip just throws open the door and says, Well, that was a, a film. Tell me, what did you see? Bruno, may I please have your ankle holster? Without really moving, just kind of look up at Philip and Finn as they come in the room and then back to Charlotte. An uncomfortable beat will pass. Maybe gotten a little used to not paying attention to Philip, and then it clicks that, oh, he was talking about the gun that my mom gave me. I'll lean over to the side and kick my leg out, where it's like, yeah, I, I do have a gun on me, that's right. And I'll look to Charlotte, ignore Philip for the second, and start reaching for it. Finn will cast his Baleful Influence spell against Bruno. Bruno, give me a gun. I believe that's just opposed power rolls. That spell has zero effect. Is there any, like, visual effect to when the magic happens? Maybe his eyes glow a little bit. You may feel a wave of a compulsion kind of hit you, but it quickly dissipates because, yes, you are not looking in, into Finn's eyes where that power really resides. His deep green emerald eyes. Does Charlotte do anything in this situation? or I just cry. I'm so sad. Everything about... I just... He lost his daughter, or she lost her father. Like, it's all of it. It's so sad. Gonna reach down and pull the gun and look at it in my hand as it's significantly smaller than my hand in a normal piece that I would carry. I think back to my mom and when she gave it to me and just redouble the crying and the tears for a moment. Philip is going to step forward with his hand out towards Bruno. Please give me the pistol. I see Bruno pull out his little tiny gun. I just look up and I'm just so hurt. I don't know if I want him to end my life or end the pain or not hurt himself anymore. It's just a ball of confusion and sadness. And I'm just looking at my best friend like, now what? Philip, do you want to roll your persuade? Yes, I do. I, uh, Bruno, they, that, um, that pea shooter you got there, I can't do anything. How about we go out and get a real, a real weapon? Remember, we left them just, just out there. You, you just hand me that one, and we'll get something that really works. Bruno, your your two friends are one saying, "Give me the gun." The other one is saying, "We can get some bigger ones. Do the job right." Look from Philip to Finn. It's like, and then back down at the Derringer. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm a big guy. This is, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to suffer more. Yeah, and I just drop the Derringer like right on the ground, like not even giving a damn about where it falls. And then I start to rise up to my full height. It's like, yeah, the, the bigger guns. So Philip is going to do something incredibly uncharacteristic 
and nobody has seen him do this in the years that the team has known him. He is going to step forward, and he's going to pull Bruno into a hug. There, 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 there. It, it will be quite all right. It is not you. It did not happen to you, whatever it was. Finn will use this distraction to leave the room and try and hide the weapon somewhere else. Good man. While you're doing that, it's just the bawlingest of, like, tears everywhere. You get the giant... You get the Fight Club Bob hug back. Oh, my God. It's just the absolute worst. Your head is crushed into my chest. There's just tears into your hair. It's terrible. It's... Everything will be... Right as rain. And this will pass. But it won't. It will. That is the nature of time. This is, this is not, this is not your sadness. This is an effect of a film. You must remember that. I was just inconsolable crying and He's trying to console anyway. Yeah, that's fine. He th- I don't imagine that you're very good at consoling. <laughs> no, I am not. I did, however, leave a gun on the ground. Kick it away with your foot. <laughs> I'll do that. Just kick it to the opposite side of the room from these two. Mm-hmm. Cookie, while man love is happening there, as you sit kneeling on uh, the floor crying and feeling that overwhelming um, grief and loss another feeling begins to spread kind of feels like the same kind of hug that Bruno is getting from Philip but this one kind of envelops like your whole body and a, a sense of warmth and comfort begins to emanate and you hear a quiet voice say to you there there It'll all be okay. As I'm feeling this and hearing these words, my shoulders kind of go from almost touching my knees on the floor to slowly straightening up and getting a spine back and feeling strong and square. And I just kind of sit up. And I take my hand and I wipe the snot bubble all the way from my knuckles up to my elbow. (sighs) This is okay. That feeling is, is still there, that nice, warm feeling. And the voice again, very lightly. See, you have all the strength you need. I love you. Thank you. Uh, what? Um, yes. Yes, of course. I, uh, I have a morsel of affection for you as well, my dear. Of course. Um, Br- Bruno. Bruno, um. He loved her so much. <laughs> I, I know it is, is difficult to understand what love is, but really, it will be alright. I'm gonna just stand up. 
and straighten out my shirt, my dress jacket, and my pants. And square my shoulders and do that little wiggle where I feel like myself coming back into all of me. And so, yeah, Cookie, you're going to recover a little faster. Bruno is still going to be a little sniveling and, and need that kind of talking off the ledge for a while. Oh, I don't let go of that hug either. Like, you, you're in a bear trap. You're going to need to gnaw that arm off. And it's at uh, this point that Sam enters the office. Uh, this is October 16th. It is part two. Uh, Chuck, I need a mic check from you. Can you say Mary Sue was right? Uh, Mary Sue was right for once. Okay. I have, uh, I've, I've got good reception there. I think we're okay. I, I think it's good. Thank you for doing a mic check. Anytime. Two-way glass exists back then. Not one-way glass. I mean, all glass is two-way glass. <laughs> <laughs> a one-way mirror. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. But there's just no end in sight to the tears. They just won't stop. You made the comment that we remove the weapons from our pockets and stuff. Pretty sure Bruno still got that little ankle piece from his mom. Bruno does like his seat. I mean, it's a little danger. What's the worst thing that could happen? It's barely even a gun. Finn will cast his Baleful Influence spell against Bruno. Bruno, give me the gun. I believe that's just opposed power rolls. Mm-hmm. Ooh, fancy. Mm-hmm. PvP. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno doesn't listen to you at all. Well, hold on. It's opposed, hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and well, I failed mine. He failed. You, you don't, were. You don't have like eighty. Uh... <laughs> no, no, I don't. don't burn eighty luck. <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 spell has zero effect. Is there any like visual effect to when the magic happens? Or- Maybe his eyes glow a little bit. And the reason the dominance failed is it's easier when you're looking in the eyes. Mm. Okay. And Bruno's not paying any attention to his eyes. Maybe I'm just a bastion of willpower. Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. 
If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get it without a net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro is from the Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium Inc. Without a net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.